Welcome to The Breakdown with Brock Corb and Becky, a weekly podcast that breaks down politics, policy, and current affairs. I'm Michael Brockorb. And I'm Becky Scher. This week is a bonus episode of our podcast dedicated to the indictment of former President Donald Trump. We've never done a bonus episode before, um, and so we're going to squeeze this in between our other episodes, but we thought this was breaking news. It's a subject that we've both talked about before. So this will be a quick little bonus episode, single subject. Yes, you're welcome. You get us twice in one week. Fire away with your thoughts. So, you know, I, I kind of go back and forth. Obviously, you know, one thing Republicans have stood strong on is the persecution and prosecution of crimes, right? That the law is the law. And if you break the law, you should be held accountable. Certainly believe that that is the case. That is what is happening here. Um, the president allegedly broke the law and he is being and has been indicted because of it. Now, I'm going to start off by by posing devil's advocate here, and then we can get into the Trump stuff. But we're talking about a, a quote-unquote liberal, uh, far-left radical um, socialist DA here, right? So, and, and one who has maybe failed to prosecute violent criminals in New York, so if we're if we're letting violent criminals off the hook, why are we prosecuting this? If we're on a larger scale letting letting Hillary Clinton and Hunter Biden off the hook, why are we prosecuting this? Um, I, I do understand that argument. I do understand that that side of reasoning. Do you? Where do you? Where do you fall on that on that messaging argument? I think that the this will be an indictment coming out of the Manhattan district. Uh, the the district attorney's Alvin Bragg. All indications are it's specifically related to um, the reimbursement by Michael Cohen to Stormy Daniels to conceal a, a, a rumored affair. The hush money. Right? The hush money payment. Um, the indictment has not been sealed yet. At the time that we're recording this podcast, there is news on social media that the indictment will be unsealed here relatively soon. So um, we may know more about what the indictment is. I have the full faith that if that if a grand jury was convened, sought testimony or sought evidence, examined things, and that they voted, that the indictment is sound. Um, obviously, we want to afford the former president uh, that he's innocent until proven guilty, that he has a right to a vigorous defense, um, that he he should be afforded every opportunity that, that exists. I don't know that, I think I think we've closed the door on Hillary Clinton. I don't know that Hunter, Hunter Biden's out of the woods yet. So I still think there's time. Um, there's still a possibility that we, you know, we have a, uh, uh, they're related to documents that have been taken from former presidents from former vice presidents residences afterwards. There's multiple special prosecutors right now that are investigating those incidents. And so charges might arise, uh, on the democratic side related to some of that stuff. I, I don't know, but specifically to this, I think the, that this is a, a very sad, moment in American history. It's also a very important moment in, in, in history. Uh, again, I, the president should be afforded every opportunity uh, uh, in terms of innocent until proven guilty. But I, I do not believe, just as a layperson, not a lawyer, not played one on TV, <laughs> that the indictment would go forward if it was not sound. And, and I think it's, I'm surprised that the initial, the initial kind of media coverage there's roughly 34 counts. Let's remember, this is 34 counts potentially in the first series of multiple indictments right. that could come out. I think a number of people has said, have said politically 
um, in the context of just politics and messaging, this may be the weakest one of all the indictments that may come. There's been a few lawyers that have said this, but this is the start, I think, of a very painful journey that Donald Trump is going to about to go down. I think it would be wrong to allow a former president um, and him not to be charged. I think it would send the wrong message. I think that if I was a Republican during uh, the time of Watergate, I probably would have been an advocate for Nixon being charged. Okay. I may have been critical of Ford for pardoning Nixon. I don't know. But if I'm being consistent, I understand what what, Ger- what Gerald Ford did at that time. I love the subject of Watergate. Um, I, I think that Gerald Ford, President Ford, did a lot to spare the country and let the country move on. We're in a different clim- a climate right now. And so I think if justice is truly blind... Uh, the former president needs to be faced uh, face to music like anyone else does. Do you think, though, that the and fair point about Clinton being over and done with and Biden yet uh, Hunter Biden yet to come? Do you think that the something needs that the, the, the D.A. should have to answer to any of these comments saying, then why aren't you prosecuting all of these violent criminals in Manhattan? I think that is a completely fair argument. And I think that there's going to be additional scrutiny applied to every prosecution, every decision to charge, every decision to indict and work with the grand jury on stuff. Uh, That is a fair analysis. That is a fair discussion. Um, And I think that that Alvin Bragg and and the the Manhattan District Attorney's Office is going to be scrutinized like, like never before. That being said, I don't think that excuses the former behavior of of President Trump. Um, I was surprised, again, not a lawyer, um, but I was surprised by what initial reports are 34 counts. Mm -hmm. It's, I think there's more than what we know is out there. And I think as someone said on um, a newscast last night, I don't know which station I was watching, uh, but they said we should be humbled by what we don't know. And I think that more is going to come out related to this. And I think when we know more about the indictments and what the charges are, I think that could reframe a lot of the thinking about how serious of a case this is. People may think it's less serious. People may think it's more serious. I don't know. I do want to come back to that uh, in conjunction with talking about opponents, other Republicans and their reactions to this. Um, but like you said, you know, likely will become unsealed at some point. Um, prosecutors are working with Trump's attorneys and Secret Service um, on when he will surrender, turn himself in. Um, I think they requested it to be today, Friday. Um, Secret Service, I believe, responded saying they need more time. I mean, obviously, this is completely out of the realm of anything that they've had to do before. And a lot of security does need to go into it. Um, But it it appears because justice is being blind here as we're going down this path, that he is being treated like any other offender and will be fingerprinted and mugshot. Correct? Correct. And um, I think the, you know, one thing we didn't really talk to talk about last time um, that I think is relevant and, and only time will tell of how how this really plays out are any protests or, or presentations um, on behalf or supporting the president. Um, I would expect them to be at some level that there will be some, whether it is just folks outside of the precinct, um, you know, applauding and supporting him with signs, whether there are actually people storming the streets. I did see um, somewhere that the, the um, you know, the president last week or, or the other week when he expected it to come down did call for 
I think it was like death and destruction. There was actually a surprising article that said had uh, Elizabeth Warren and Marjorie Taylor Greene in the same headline, both saying, you know, don't protest. Let's let's not don't go down that path. Um, that only time will tell that I have to imagine there is going to be some level of, of um, you know, presentation of some sort, hopefully peaceful. But I do know NYPD, they have, I, I read today that they were, they've been instructed, the 36,000 or some um, officers of the New York Police Department have been instructed to basically stand by, right? Yes. So it's going to be uh, interesting to see how that all plays out. But one thing I did want to kind of chat about is other candidates in this, other Republicans. We saw DeSantis this week said he is not going to, ha- should any extradis- extradition requests come through, he was not going to participate in that. McCarthy came out, you know, swinging. Um, and uh, we've seen a lot of the other candidates, Nikki Haley, um, some potentials, Tim Scott, Glenn Youngkin, um, come out largely in support of the president for this. Let's really break this down. Um, and I think, and please correct me if you think I'm wrong. I think that if Happy you, to. if yes, I know you really <laughs> relish that role. Um, um, if you're a presidential candidate running against Donald Trump, so if you're a candidate in the Republican race against him, there is no question that this benefits you in a sense that, the, uh, let me rephrase that. There's no question that if he is um, indicted multiple times or if there's if this is the first of the beginning of many but if he faces legal challenges all through next year there's no question that it benefits um uh, i think in the eyes of a number of republicans that he will be an uh, in essence a tainted candidate that has no ability to attract independence um and win the general election against the presumptive candidate on the democratic side joe biden i don't think though that the republican candidates can say that and it's, and it's comments that I made to Politico before is that I think we're seeing right now validation that Donald Trump is the de facto head of the party. He is the de facto front runner by all polls also indicate that he's the front runner for the Republican nomination. And I think in a normal political environment, the Republican candidates could be could be saying things along the lines of, you know, as we've talked about before, uh, we give the former president all the opportunities in the world. Um uh, he's innocent until proven guilty, but this is these are serious charges. And also, I think they could have gone a step further and say, for the good of the party, the good of the country, until this matter is resolved, you should suspend your race. As you and I talked about, if a candidate was going through, if a, if, if we were advising a, a legislative candidate or a, or, a, or a city council candidate or any type of candidate in Minnesota, the fact that they were going to court is not a positive. It's not a net thing. But for some reason, on the Republican side, Donald Trump is successfully portrayed himself as a martyr, as a marked man, as a victim all throughout this process. So there is an argument to be said that this is going to help him. A number of people, uh, supporters of the president went out when the, when the news came down about the indictment and said, this is going to give him the nomination. Um, I don't know. I still think he's the nominee, but I, I do think, so there's, um, let's break down that messaging point. I do think that the, it doesn't surprise me, although I'm disappointed by it, that the message from the Republican candidates out there and his allies in Congress. That being said, I wouldn't bet my life, but I would bet my house that privately, they're really happy that this is going on because this is, I think, the beginning potentially of of the steps that it's going to take to get Donald Trump to exit the national stage. I agree. I think that you need to look at it from two kind of different... I'm sorry. Can you repeat what you just said? Oh, man. 
I agree. I agree. Fantastic. However, I'm going to kind of break it down a little bit differently. Note the timestamp. I think that you, <laughs> I think if we look at it in how it impacts his run to get the nomination versus his run in the general. So let's first look at his run in the Republican Party to get the nomination. Um, got a couple poll numbers here for you. Let's hear it. Um, Let's hear it. So when looking at Republicans, 75% of them in a recent poll agree with the statement of some members of the Democratic Party and law enforcement are working to delegitimize former Donald President Donald Trump through politically motivated investigations. That's 75% of Republicans. Oof. That's pretty large, right? Um, according to a... Uh, uh, NPR PBS poll conducted March 20th to 23. So just last week, 45% of Republicans think that Trump has done nothing wrong. Another 43% think that he did something unethical, but not illegal. And I mean, isn't that the epitome of who President Trump is? Maybe Correct. unethical, not illegal. And according to Quinnipiac, 93% of Republicans thought that Manhattan DA's case was mainly motivated by politics. Well, only 5% thought it was mainly motivated by law. So when we look at those numbers, the Republican side, largely, I mean, the the respondents to these polls kind of largely believe that President Trump, not a big deal in this situation, right? Now, again, this is, we don't know the facts. We don't, the information's not unsealed. But those, to me, do not seem to be compelling enough numbers that might make it detract from his successes in the Republican primary. I think you're spot on. Now, I do want to look at it then from, let's say he does get the nomination or just in general how the general population, um, this, uh, I was reading a 538 article, polls show that can, uh, scandal-plagued candidates negatively, or this, the scandals negatively impact candidates by about 9% in the general polls. Um, that is a race, right? I mean, especially when we come to president, 9% is the difference well over the margin of error of winning or losing. Correct. Um, Quinnipiac also had a, a poll of general regular, um, regular voters or registered voters. I'm sorry. That's 53% of them say serious or very serious, the situation. So again, majority and 56% of registered voters said it should disqualify. But that's general voters. I mean, so it, it, that's basically saying if Trump gets the nominee, he's going to lose, right? Yes. Which I don't think is is that largely surprising. I think that's kind of our frustration here with this, right? Is that he we expect him to win, and that's going to screw our chances of having a Republican in office. Whereas, should another member of the Republican Party be able to get that nomination, we are sitting a lot prettier. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think that's fantastic analysis as you did there, and and, and I would encourage you at post show to tweet some of that out and share because I think our listeners, I think those are great. That's just fantastic. Sorry, a lot of numbers at no, you. No, it's it's fantastic prep work that you did in, in pulling that together. And I think what you've laid out there, and correct me if I'm wrong, is that this doesn't hurt Trump. It's not hurting Trump right now on the Republican side, but will hurt him in the general. Right. It's the general what your poll numbers are saying. My question back to you, and I completely agree with you. My question back to you is, how do you change that? Because one of the things I think we try to do here is, and in the interest of transparency, uh, I will disclose I did not vote for, for Trump in 16, 16 or 20. I've never identified myself as a, as a supporter of the former president. Uh, I always like to be candid with that about analysis. 
but that being said, I do want to see the Republicans put up a good candidate. I think this is a good environment. We had a fantastic conversation with Chairman Hand, Chairman of the Republican Party. I do think that there's opportunities coming up. So my question to you is, is there a path in, in your head to change that dynamic? You know, I guess that's the million dollar question. I think that one of the benefits this has of potentially derailing him as the, you know, quote unquote, head of the Republican Party is, I mean, almost if he gets the nomination and loses, that there's not really, I mean, then he kind of has to go away to some extent, right? So that I, for some is a positive. And, and in my full disclosure, I did vote for him one of the two times he was elected um, or one of the two times he was up for, for the presidency, not both. Um, you know, that second time I really had some hopes and then uh, I, I live to regret them. So January 6th happened, regret. Um, but I, I, I really don't know what that path is because like we've seen with Nikki Haley and DeSantis and all of these other comments from folks who either are established or are announced or plan to announce to run for president, you kind of have to rally around him because the base has, right? You can't just completely, like we've been talking about time and time again, is you have to somewhat run at least sympathetic to the Magdalene if you're not, you know, got one foot in it, right? And so um, I don't know how you can hit or ding the president, the former president, and still be successful. It, it's a tricky thing to navigate, and I am, am am glad I don't have that job right now. And that's one of the things that we've talked about before is the lanes to get the nomination. And I think, and and, and again, not to, not to speak for you, but again, correct me if I'm wrong. I think you and I have both said that there is the main lane to get the nomination is that MAGA lane. Mm-hmm. And we've noted before that Nikki Haley we thought was in that MAGA lane. So anyone who's running right now and is kind of showing deference to the former president and is and is and is is kind of following that kind of MAGA lane. There are people kind of outside, there's other lanes, kind of that anti-MAGA uh, lane that are Republicans who want to see a different change. You and I have also articulated that the number of candidates in this race. And I wonder if the indictments start to come down and these, and we start to examine them more, and potentially they're taking more serious if other candidates get in the race, if the messages get more sharp. Because as much as I uh, applaud you for your analysis, uh, I my hope is that, and I hope that there are smart people like you on these presidential campaigns that are seeing that. That's why I think it's so important to get out, because I think you've really hit the point, which is that this isn't inside the Republican universe. The poll numbers are consistent and strong and clear that this isn't hurting him but where the hurt is in the general election. Mm-hmm. And what we heard from Chairman Han is the importance of that we win elections. And that's something that you and I both subscribe to is we Republicans have to win elections. And ultimately, it makes no sense to nominate a candidate for president who in the general election is DOA. Right, exactly. I mean, and, and that's at the end of the day, really what it comes down to. The last thing I do want to say, and maybe at some point we get into the inside baseball of actually how these numbers and the nomination come to be, um, you know, through the caucuses and primaries around the country, um, which will be really, you know, a year from now. So it'll be great. The one thing that really, you know, that this has the potential is to suck up a lot of Trump's time and energy and money into this battle, this legal battle that he's going to have to fight um, and potentially open possibilities for other candidates. I mean, it's, 
the, for people who aren't aware, it is a big chess game, right? It is a game of strategy of pushing and pulling the candidates and where you're spending your money and your time to get these delegates um, who are going to be at the national convention and nominate you. And so I think that it is possible that somebody, if they have, you know, I'm going to name drop a good friend of mine, a David Fitzsimmons, you know, on a national scale on Absolutely. their team who knows how to work that system and work, knows how to navigate through it. There is a possibility that somebody is able to to work the strategy side and and come out on top. It's a long shot, but it is something we're going to have to 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 keep our eyes on. Here is the here's the other thing that I think is at play here is Trump's age. This is by all accounts his last run. Um just from an age standpoint, I think that um it's the last run. And so I think that there's a, there's a somewhat also of an emotional connection. We've talked about this before as we close this out. CPAC, uh, the number of people who showed up at CPAC had said, uh, you know, like Nikki Haley's speech, even though she was heckled some instances, Ron DeSantis didn't show, but there was a common theme of saying, you know, four more years, let's, this is Donald Trump's time. I do think that this is Donald Trump's last opportunity to redeem, to reclaim the White House. Um, and so I think that there is a lot of, there's history. I think there's emotion. Uh, I think there's a lot of passion and anger uh, that's going to come out. And, and and my hope is, in my closing statement, I want to you to do the same, is is uh, my hope is that this is a, as best it can be a peaceful process. I don't expect it to be. I expect there to be angry mobs, uh, potentially on both sides. And I hope they remain peaceful. I, I hope that uh, there is care and concern given to ensuring that the president is treated respectfully through this process, uh, that the Manhattan district attorney is treated respectfully in this process and everyone on both sides of the aisle, uh, both sides of this case, I should say, I uh, have the, the ability to proceed to the courthouse in a safe way, argue this in front of a judge, uh, a jury and others as it proceeds down the road and that everyone is treated respectfully. I appreciate your optimism. I would love that to also be the case. I fear that this is going to be another situation. I know we we harp on messaging a lot, but another situation where all Republicans, regardless of your Trump allegiance or not, um, are going to be tied to the messiness of this, the scandal of this, and um, what I expect to be some bold and outrageous messaging from Trump and his allies. And I think it's going to be a long process of of having to deal with that. Um, and we'll only learn more as these documents are unsealed and then the process moves forward. I would agree with you. Well, uh, I want to thank you, Becky. This was this was your idea, and I, and I appreciate you coming up with it. Um, we want to thank you for listening to this bonus episode of The Breakdown with Broadcorp and Becky. The current episode of our podcast features an in-depth interview with uh, Republican Party of Minnesota Chairman Han. I would encourage you to listen to that. Uh, before we go, we want to give some love to your favorite podcast by leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or on platforms where uh, you listen. You can also leave a review on our website at bbbreakpod.com. Oh, you got, you I got, got some... one more breaking news. Oh, no, breaking I literally just, I literally just got a text message that says, attention, Rebecca, please read the secure message from president Donald J. Trump on his message on his indictment, um, which brings to a win red link. He's donating right now today on this, um, that is titled defend our movement. We're living through the darkest chapter. Um, and it's, um, sent by Trump saves America. So what's your take on depends. that? 
I mean, you got to do it, right? This is what you take advantage of opportunities to to bring in the dollars. And I guarantee he, I would be sh- shocked if it's less than, you know, a couple of 10, five, 10 million dollars that he brings in from, from this right now. Wow. Well, I appreciate you doing this, this, this bonus <laughs> episode today. Uh, again, we will return next week with a new episode. Uh, and I would encourage you um, to check out uh, your Twitter account is Allery RL. I'm at Adam Broadcore, but I hope you, if you have some time to send out some of those links, you because I think that analysis that you did on the polling was, uh, was fantastic. And I hope others can share it. Thank you so much. And we'll be back next week. Talk to you soon. <laughs>